0: Welcome to The Read-Along,
1: a mini-book club for your ears,
0: a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. I'm your host, Scott. I'm your other host, Anita. And join us on a journey through a good book, one one chapter chapter at a a time. This episode of The Read-Along is brought to you by TELUS World of Science Edmonton, home of the Canadian debut of Marvel Universe of Superheroes. The exhibition runs until February 17th. Edmonton is the first and so far only Canadian city to host it. Here's curator Ben Saunders with more. What we have here is material from the comic book universe and from the cinematic and television universes often framed and displayed in ways that offset the relationship between the different forms of media. We've really tried to do a deep dive into comic book history the creation of the books to pay tribute to the creators as well as the characters and there really should be something here for every generation of fan and hardcore fans will be i think staggered by what we found 2019 marks the 80th anniversary of marvel and you can get your tickets today at tellusworldofscienceedmonton.ca that's tellusworldofscienceedmonton.ca So in chapter 20 of our novel, uh, the Emperor was reached by Mahit and Three Seagrass. Uh, <laughs> yes, with their, deep
1: in his underground bunker. Uh,
0: with their vital information and a plan to perhaps save the Empire from insurrection and then invasion. Yes. And uh, also, side effect, else LaSalle Station gets <laughs> saved in the process.
1: Well, hopefully. Yeah. Fingers and crossed.
0: Mahit records her part of the necessary information, and then the Emperor and 19 ads and 8 Antidote and a cadre of guards all make their way up to the top of the palace and the Sun Temple to make a grand announcement. And as the time ticks down to that announcement, we are left on a cliffhanger.
1: Also, there was Kissing. Let's not forget the kissing. I feel the kissing was important. The
0: kissing was important. And uh, that is what segues us into Chapter 21 of A Memory Called Empire by Arkady Martine. (laughs) So before we get into Chapter 21, uh, we got a shout out.
1: Yeah, a little Twitter bump.
0: From uh, Arkady Martinez. It was
1: very kind.
0: This past week. Apparently, and uh, I'm going to quote her on this, in a moment of vile self-indulgence.
1: It, I don't think it's vile.
0: Uh, while she was actually doing edits on the sequel novel, she listened to our most recent episode, and apparently it actually reminded her of a plot point she had forgotten about. Ha
1: <laughs> ha! Whoops.
0: And uh, we legitimately sat and puzzled over what that might be. Because that's a little cryptic, and we're curious what we reminded her of. But she she did not say, no. so we are... Nor should
1: she, because that might be spoilers.
0: So if you listen over our last episode again, maybe you'll pick up some clue about some important plot element. That... <laughs> Something
1: that we sure didn't, because I have still no idea. Yeah. I just think that's very funny.
0: But yeah, we we obviously we got a bit of a bump, a bunch of new followers on social media, a few more downloads. So if you're new to the podcast... Hello and also you might want to go back and yeah. listen to some of our previous novels or even from the to beginning, this novel yeah, from the beginning
1: beginning of this one.
0: Yeah. Also Arkady Martine did confirm on Twitter it is not Elses station. It is Lacelle. Anita was right this whole time. I was wrong.
1: I'm pretty sure I've said it both ways. I think I changed my pronunciation to suit whatever my tongue feels like doing th- that day.
0: I think it's a precaution because we weren't 100% certain we had settled on to you calling it LaSalle Station and me calling it Elso Station.
1: Oh, did that? Did we decide that way yeah. back when? But
0: it is indeed LaSalle Station.
1: LaSalle Station. She, so. she said so. Yes.
0: So that is direct from the word of God. <laughs> It is LaSalle Station, and we shall refer to it as such for the remaining two chapters of this <laughs> novel. I will do my best. So this uh, this chapter starts with only one bit of flavor text. Right? Yeah.
1: So I have questions.
0: Very good. I,
1: I always have questions. Yeah, like you said, just one bit of flavor text, and it is uh, text My questions start with, is that just because we're at the end? This is the last official numbered chapter? Maybe. Has something happened to LaSalle Station?
0: I doubt it. Um, My feeling is that it's because all the plot points have converged to this moment. Oh, agreed. They sure have. There's no need to check in on LaSalle Station at this point because our focus needs to be on the Empire.
1: Um,. Yeah, we, we are kind of reaching the the apex of our story, there is, the climax of the book.
0: Uh, the next chapter is almost certainly denouement, so this is this must be the climax.
1: The next chapter is titled Aftermath.
0: Yeah, so probably <laughs> there's no rising action at, at that uh, juncture.
1: Well, unless, unless she's leading us into the next book.
0: I, which obviously she is, because there's going to be plot threads that I don't think are going to get cleaned up. Hmm. If they haven't been cleaned up in this chapter, I don't think they're going to get cleaned up. But right. for now, uh, the One Bit of Flavor text is a kind of a bridged and bastardized version of Three Seagrasses' poem that she had posted publicly being used as a protest song.
1: Right? So here's another question. I had many questions. Is this a missing verse that we weren't privy to the first time during composition? No, because there. Or are... has this become the slogan of the faithful?
0: This has become the slogan of the faithful because the only part that we don't see is explicitly stated to be mostly just a description of the information building. Well, and fair enough. I'm just the positing people aren't that there chanting. Be... The people aren't in the streets chanting. The information building is tall. <laughs> it's full of flowers. That's not happening. So I oh, don't I think, know. I don't think that that's a, a missing verse. I think it's probably um, as people picked it up, and as it disseminated, it got shortened and uh, turned into something that was a little more chanty.
1: Yeah, a little more slogany.
0: Yeah, and and so the popular slogan that it became and is attributed to her is kind of like a, a bastard version of her poem.
1: Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Maybe, probably. I'm just positing that because we did not get the whole thing. We got most of it, though. I agreed that this might be a verse that we just weren't privy to. But no. I, think you're, I think you're right. Yeah. I think this is something that's been um, modified and adapted to whatever the people need it to be.
0: Speaking of things that are modified and adapted to things the people need it to be, the Imperial Announcement commences. Uh, a very grand and symbolic event that uh, even stirs Mahit as she's watching it like her breath catches because it's such a, a majestic grand opening to this announcement
1: everything the emperor does like in the public eye seems to be both majestic and grand and
0: overproduced well it almost kind of has to be because and i mean this is something we're probably going to delve into a little more as we move later into the chapter the text culture as we've been Introduced to it and submerged in it through this novel, mm, repeatedly, it is a wash in symbolism,
1: oh, very much so
0: and so as the as the leader of that culture, the emperor must be the most symbolic. he needs to be clear, and he needs to be clear through multiple layers, if that makes sense, yeah, because everything he does is going to be read into infinitely, because again, you can't read too much into things text do. And the emperor is the most text colonly by necessity. It's, Even yes. if in private with Mahit, he is short and brief and to the point and very open with her. In public, if he's making a statement, it has to say the same thing all the way down. Or someone's going to read something else into it. Yep. And so... He's
1: probably one of the few people who you can get a direct answer from.
0: But it also means that he needs to be fully aware of everything. Everything he does in public and oh, yes. and the symbolism and who he has around him and where he's standing. And that is made very clear in this chapter. Like a lot of the little cryptic things that he said or decided in the previous chapter all comes to a head here. Mm-hmm. And it catches... Everyone off guard, which is saying something because one of the people standing next to him is the person whose superpower is awareness <laughs> and she is caught off guard by what's happening. So and that's saying something. I, yes, absolutely. I do like that as the emperor appears uh, standing before the Sun Temple's altar with 19 ads on one side with her perfectly white robes just splashed with a little red. <laughs> and just,
1: just enough blood for it to be meaningful.
0: And eight antidote on the other side looking like eight antidote
1: looking like the child of the Emperor as he is
0: Um, they actually do finally think about or at least Mahit finally thinks about something that we brought up a couple chapters ago which is that there is an astonishing amount of firepower hovering over the city right
1: now. yeah and they're like Way up at the top, closest to it, most vulnerable.
0: Well, not just that. They're broadcasting where they are. No, exactly. The Emperor- It's
1: super obvious where they are. The
0: Emperor is at his most vulnerable in this moment. If one lightning wanted to make the Emperor go away, he's got a clear shot right now. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And
0: by and, doing And knock this, out
1: the heir and uh, like a top official at the same time.
0: Yeah, and this is actually more symbolism from the Emperor because this is him- basically pulling off the armor and telling one lightning take your best shot in this moment as much as everything else he's he's made himself vulnerable to attack and yeah. that's sh- and that is interestingly a show of incredible confidence and strength yep because one lightning's not going to shoot him in this moment it would look bad it would look very bad
1: not only because it would just look bad but it would look bad because everybody's watching
0: yeah like and probably like, everyone across the empire.
1: Yeah, not necessarily
0: live because there's going to be a time delay no, I as know, we get further out. But you out, can't
1: but. do you can't do a sneak attack when you're broadcasting to the world. <laughs> it's, it's not going to happen.
0: Yes, a sneak attack with a with a dreadnought.
1: <laughs> no, that's so what I'm saying. Like if he dies, it will obviously be one lightning who has caused it. Everyone will know it. Everyone will see it. Like
0: because you can't. There's make... no
1: secret assassin up in the Sun Temple. <laughs> you can't
0: make a sneak attack with a warship.
1: Exactly. Um, Stop arguing with me. <laughs> I'm agreeing with you.
0: I just I thought that you <laughs> the idea of somebody sneaking up in a battleship is just absurd <laughs> and delightful.
1: It's a very sneaky battleship. Uh,
0: the Emperor's speech starts out discussing renewal, and this is immediately setting Mahit and Three Seagrass Grass with alarm bells.
1: Well, because he's already going off script.
0: Yeah, like the, almost the first words out of his mouth are off script because they're assuming that he's going to go up and be like, listen, everyone, uh, while all this chaos is going on, there's the others coming over the wall to the north and we need to be ready to fight them. This so, is not
1: a Game of Thrones podcast.
0: So let's, let's stop the fighting and do this. And that's kind of what Mahit assumed was going to happen. Not necessarily in those words, but yeah. um, But instead, he's like, you know what? The empire is strong. And while there are crazy things going on right now, it needs to continue to bloom. It needs new growth and renewal. That's what keeps it alive and growing. And everyone's like, what is he talking about?
1: Followed immediately by, what is he doing? Oh, no.
0: Even 19 ads visibly on camera is caught off guard.
1: My guess is you kind of have to watch for it because she is a very yeah. like collected person. And I
0: mean, Mahit slash Yaskander knows her tells, I would yeah. assume.
1: They know what to look for.
0: And so, like, 19 ads is, like, she catches on while he's talking and realizes that she's in a trap, I guess would be the best way to put yeah,
1: it. Kind of, yeah. And then her composure has to take over and she's like, oh, okay, stand and smile, this is happening.
0: Yep, pretty much. As the address continues, Mahit pops up for her part. And Mahik gets to watch as she delivers her message to the Empire about the impending threat. Yep. And it kind of slowly dawns on her something else is going on because she was superimposed over the Emperor and he has thrown off his robe and pulled out a dagger.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Earlier in the book, we were introduced to the idea of blood sacrifice in Mm -hmm. the Empire, especially in the Sun Temple and how in days of old... In order to ensure a great victory, um, great people would sometimes sacrifice themselves, or even common people would sometimes sacrifice themselves for the the good of the empire mm-hmm. to to bolster morale and gain the the sun's favor and gain blessings for the empire. Yeah. And that it's this huge symbolic thing. Nobody really kills themselves anymore for the most part. No, not really. But that used to be the case, and that's something that we were introduced to oh, a while back.
1: Chapters and chapters and chapters ago.
0: The emperor insisted last chapter that he make his address from the Sun Temple. He was mm. adamant yes, that it be from very the Sun Temple. Um, he also cryptically told 19 ads after he offered her the information ministry, I don't really want to give you the information mystery. I have something else in mind for
1: you. Yes, and now we know what that is.
0: Yeah, because right here, in front of the entire empire, Six Direction, names as his official heir, Eight Antidote, with 19 ads acting essentially as regent yeah. until he is of age.
1: Yep, because he's only 10.
0: And then for the glory of the empire and for its impending victory against these foreign invaders from beyond the stars, he sacrifices himself there in front of the sun temple the emperor sacrifices himself for the good of the empire
1: like full full full-on blood sacrifice i don't want to say he commits suicide in front of everybody but that's what he does
0: yeah yeah that's what he does like a
1: full-on life-giving blood sacrifice
0: and 19 ads soaked in blood and tears is now effectively the emperor yep that happened
1: and that happened and 8 Antidote, uh, like bracing himself and probably experiencing some manner of trauma from it, well, we, standing there beside her.
0: Maybe, but I mean, maybe not. This is his culture. He's steeped in it. Yeah. He might not be super happy to see his father-ish. His, I'm never sure to call his his genetic, him that or not. His genetic progenitor uh, slay himself. But at any rate, uh, 6 Direction is dead. Long may she reign. 19 ads. Or at least long until 8 Antidote comes in. <laughs> which At which point, I legit suspect she would uh, willfully step down.
1: Oh, probably. Um, I don't think she wants to be in charge. And I
0: think that's one of the reasons why she was selected. I think yep. Six Direction knows that the only person he can really trust with power at the moment is 19 Ads,
1: The person who actually doesn't want it?
0: Not just that. Um, she's She's demonstrated her loyalty. She's demonstrated her loyalty in the face of betraying him. Yeah. And that's... Not for nothing. And that's more than can be said for 30 Larkspur or 1 Lightning or 8 Loop, who notably is not there. True. And does not come up again in this chapter, for that matter. Nope. Um, So that, to me, indicates that he didn't want her there. And he wasn't planning to give her anything. Because he doesn't trust 8 Loop any more than he trusts 30 Larkspur.
1: Maybe not. We don't know enough about 8 Loop.
0: No, she's been a bit of a cipher in this novel, and she's another dangling plot thread that I suspect we're going to see more of in a future novel. Probably. The symbolism of this moment cannot be overstated. And we were talking about how the emperor must be the most symbolic. Yes. And he has chosen, essentially, the most symbolic way to abdicate the throne.
1: Yeah. And and thereby denying it to the people who were fighting over it.
0: it. Because at this juncture... The people would not accept 30 Larkspur or 1 Lightning taking the throne after what Six Direction just did. Yeah. He sacrificed himself for the glory of the Empire against an impending threat and named his successors. And everyone else is just kind of like, well, damn.
1: Can't compete with that.
0: You can't compete with that. Because, again, this is a a culture that is stasis-locked in its own mythology in its own
1: <laughs> yeah, symbology.
0: And doing this great legendary thing live on camera, you can't compete with that. No. You
1: can't. That's and I think that's why he didn't tell anybody because he didn't want anyone to stop him.
0: Because somebody it's absolutely somebody would have. Nineteen oh, yeah. ads would have stopped absolutely him.
1: Absolutely she'd have stopped him.
0: His personal guard might have stopped him.
1: Well, probably. They're there to keep him alive. Yeah. I also really I don't know if they were his exact last words, but He adopted the slogan that Mahit and Three Seagrass uh, wrote. Yeah. Basically. He
0: kind of made it his own.
1: Yeah. I am a spear in the hands of the sun. That is how he went out. Yep. And I was like, okay, so now he's adopted it as a battle cry. The people have adopted it as a battle cry and a slogan for their world. And I think that means something.
0: Mahit's a little chapped at it because it is co-opting something that she wrote and it reminds her of the impression that she had earlier and and i admittedly from Yaskander earlier yeah that everything that is touched by the empire is just kind of subsumed by it and in this case that includes her words yeah her and three seagrasses words
1: yeah i know it doesn't mean what she originally intended it to mean but that doesn't mean it doesn't have a lot of meaning
0: yeah six directions final act cowardly or brilliant i i certainly wouldn't call it cowardly
1: taking one's own life is a big deal but i don't know i don't know that i would call it brave either basically what i think happened is he accidentally made a mess of things in his ambition to try and live forever and when he finally had to give up on that dream this is this is what he had to do to fix it, or what he feels he had to do to fix it.
0: I think there's also an element, and I mean, I I was contemplating this after reading the chapter as well, which is why I bring it up. I I think I've landed less on the cowardly side, although that was kind of my knee-jerk reaction, is he just, this is his easy out so that he doesn't have to deal with the mess. But the more I thought about it, the more I realized he, he knows he doesn't have much time left. True. And this is the one thing he can do to ensure that, there's still an empire left after he's gone. Yes. Um, and so it kind of sucks, but it's it's it was his only move in that moment.
1: And I don't think leaving on your own terms is cowardly.
0: Not necessarily.
1: Especially not in this case, in this context. So, yeah, cowardly is definitely not the right word. But I, I'm, I'm not sure that brave is the right word for it either. Maybe not. I don't have. Time, I don't have a correct adjective for this
0: time, right now. Time will tell. Time is finally also something that Mahit and Three Seagrass have. In the immediate aftermath of the imperial succession, mm-hmm. um, they're kind of forgotten as the uh, the remaining we're thinking mists in the royal guard probably uh, try to figure out how to mobilize to get up to nineteen ads and secure her now that she is empress. Yep. Um, Or emperor? I don't know. I think I think actually they use it gender neutral. So I'm going to say emperor. Oh, they might. Because I believe that there was explicitly a female emperor mentioned earlier in the novel. Mm. So, Skander in the back of Mahit's mind is gone quiet, and she believes a combination of grief and triumph.
1: Uh, yes. Because technically they got what they wanted, so they won. But also, the emperor is dead, and that is very sad. And Yaskander loved him. Yeah. And is going to need time to mourn and grieve. Yeah. That makes sense.
0: Uh, This also has the side effect of kind of pushing Mahit to tears. And she's kind of upset about it in multiple levels because she's not certain if it's her own grief or if it's Yaskander's grief or if it's a shared grief. And she doesn't have time to unpack that.
1: Well, Yaskander isn't a whole separate person that she can just access. No. Right. We know how an Imago works. He is part of her. They share a lot of feelings. And so it would make sense that if he is going through an incredible grieving period, that she would be affected. And finally she gets to rest. She spends like two days in bed.
0: Um, It's some well-earned sleep that she's been denied for weeks.
1: Absolutely. I'm surprised she doesn't sleep for an entire week.
0: Yeah, she does spare a little bit of thought to a couple other people during the course of her two days resting um including two lemon and the uh shall we say the agitators
1: (laughs) yeah that's that's a pretty um, good term for who
0: kind of go to ground there's no more bombings there's no more like strikes or or posters put up over the course of the next few days and she also wonders after five portico and the faulty imago that she left in her possession yep just Kind of reminding us of that. That, That's still out there. I wonder
1: what's going to happen to that.
0: But over the next 36 hours, the chaos subsides and the insurrection comes to an end. Yeah. One lightning recalls his soldiers and the next day is on TV on his knees pledging his undying loyalty to 19 ads in a a grand display. Yep. Uh, 30 Larkspur gets quietly demoted. Uh, I'm
1: surprised it was quiet.
0: But that's about it, actually. Uh, not much else happens yeah. to him.
1: 19 Ads gets the Lion King ending. You know how at the end of the Lion King, when Simba, spoilers for the Lion King, I guess, Simba like takes over, and then in one scene, all of the color comes back, and suddenly plants are growing, and wildlife is flourishing again. It's not even a montage. It's just, it's just everything's like, the better next now. scene, everything's better. That's kind of what happens. In, in in a matter of three days, 19 Ads is like, all right, Empire fixed.
0: Well, This kind of makes sense. Mahit's unplugged for a couple days. Like, she's plugged in in the sense that she's got uh, three seagrasses, borrowed cloud hook, and is watching the news. But beyond that, she's kind of not involved in events. And Nineteen Ads is someone who has been plugged into events since the beginning. She's a player. She knows how to move through the bureaucracy and through the politics. And so it makes sense that now that she's in charge of the house she's going to be able to clean up the house. Oh, yeah. Very quickly.
1: Oh, no, if there was, we've already talked about this. If there was anyone fit to rule,
0: yeah. it's her. This also is interesting because while she puts one lightning and 30 larkspur in their place, they're still there. Yeah. They're too influential and important and powerful to just remove, which is interesting because it means that 19 adds finds herself in charge of a deadly decadent court with at least two enemies in it. I mean one lightning might be legitimately put in his place in this moment and be like, All right, well there's a war that needs fought. That'll be a chance for me to gain some acclaim. I'm I'm going to be on board with this for now. But you gotta know thirty larkspur is up to something. Oh he's, no,
1: hundred percent. Thirty larkspur don't trust him. He's
0: a snake that looks like a flower and he's gonna be gunning for something. Especially considering he just lost face by not being named one of nineteen ads' Azuazuakot. Well yeah. So, and I mean, he was appointed to that position originally because he had a huge power base. And the emperor wanted to keep that part of the empire with him.
1: Well, yeah. It was, a,
0: it was a political alliance and one that is now on much shakier ground. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting well, to see what comes of it.
1: I wonder how many followers 30 Larkspur lost in his little coup.
0: Well, we know he, he did lost
1: out. It... He did not come out of that smelling like roses.
0: Well, not even There's smelling larkspurs. like larkspurs in this case. Uh, he, yeah, he <laughs> lost like at least. Larkspurs. He lost at least one guy that we know of.
1: <laughs> so, oh, at least one.
0: And I mean, he's lost control of the Ministry of Information because Nineteen Ads has put one of her people in charge of it. Yeah, so. that um, was just smart. Yeah, uh, Mahita's is actually left a little unnerved by these moves uh, as she reflects on them because the two chief architects of the insurrection are not off the board and so she's left in a situation where she thought she would feel safe once the political situation resolved itself and she doesn't because the political situation on the surface has calmed down but she can't help but feel that it's really hasn't changed all that much yeah. it's still just as fraught and she might still be in danger even though she's Possibly. finally back in her apartment for the first time in weeks having <laughs> she, she a had, good night's she sleep had, or two one
1: whole night in her in her new bed
0: yeah Um, So Mahit finally decides to do the the literally first thing she had intended to do in this book and has not been able to do until now. (laughs) And that is answer the mail. Like, that was the initial incident of this story.
1: Do, like, this major part of her job.
0: Yeah. For the last two weeks, it's been one thing after the other has prevented her from doing this one stupidly simple part of her job. Yes. She's finally able to do it. And there's a lot of it, so she calls Three Seagrass to come help.
1: Yeah. And it's... I can't imagine how awkward it would be. My guess would be pretty awkward.
0: It is objectively pretty awkward. (laughs) Um, Things are tense between the two of them because they obviously haven't seen much of each other in the last couple days. No. Since the Imperial succession.
1: Yeah. They're kind of... I, I can imagine that they're both in a very emotional state. Mm-hmm. dealing with
0: and they were both in an emotional state of
1: course dealing with a lot of death dealing with their feelings for each other yeah dealing with the whole stressful situation politically happening around them mm-hmm. that takes a toll on a person and then you put in this great big pause where you don't see each other and things are just Super awkward now. Because there was
0: no real resolution.
1: No, not really.
0: And it's been lingering in the air for a few days, and now neither of them knows how to broach the subject when Three Seagrass shows up. Right. Three Seagrass admits that she has been offered a promotion. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Nineteen Ads noted her Mm. early on in the book. Which
1: means something.
0: And apparently she was offered a promotion to second undersecretary to the Minister of Information, a very important sounding position.
1: Which, third in charge. Basically
0: third in charge of the Information Ministry, yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: Secretary, undersecretary, under undersecretary.
0: But she does admit that she would be happy to stay as Mahit's cultural liaison if Mahit would prefer. And Mahit reflects on this for a moment and then tells her, no, you should... no." Take the promotion.
1: Take this better job. Are yeah. you crazy?
0: You're too interesting to stay my <laughs> aide, and you, you need to pursue your quote vainglorious ambition. <laughs> so she kind of encourages her to to go do the thing.
1: Yeah. No, like this is this is better. This, this is, is good. You do this. took
0: you took the job with me as a stepping stone to get a better position. Yeah. You've been offered the better position, go take it. Agreed. And three seagrass kind of weekly offers a well, what would you do without me? And Mahit's like, I'll figure something out.
1: Yeah, I'll be fine.
0: It'll be fine. But I think that there's also a little, like, it's kind of implied that Mahit's also a little worried that it would hurt a little bit to have Three Seagrass working with her still. Maybe. Because she has feelings for her. Probably. Yeah, hard to say.
1: I feel like it would be some kind of weird emotional torture.
0: A little bit. A little bit. But that is where Chapter 21, the penultimate chapter of A Memory Called Empire, draws to a close. Our next chapter is titled Aftermath. If I may pause it, this is the last we're going to see of Mahit. Right here, right now. You think? I think so. I think that based on the naming structure of previous chapters, the prelude, and the interludes, Aftermath is going to take place on LaSalle Station. That is my guess. and we will see. Oh, and maybe. we will see the situation there resolve itself, and that will be the end of it. And that this is the last we see of the Empire for this novel.
1: Maybe. Having not read ahead.
0: No, Neither have I. No. That's my guess. Makes sense. Yeah.
1: Or it could be a little bit of both.
0: That's possible.
1: Could be, could be a bit of both. I'm going to vote bit of both, just because that's what I want. bit of both.
0: Well, because you're not quite done with Mahit yet. Nope. But this is, I feel this might be the cliffhanger moment right here. Which means that um, now is an appropriate time to mention a couple plot hooks that have been left dangling. Like 30 Larkspur. And we don't know what's up with 8 Antidote. He's been kind of around. Yep. We still don't know if 12 Azalea is actually dead. Right?
1: My precious petal.
0: Yeah. I mean, part of me is like, if he was still alive, surely in the last couple days, 3 Seagrass and or Mahit would have heard from him and or been given confirmation of his survival. But on the other hand, until I see a dead 12 Azalea, or I'm explicitly told, yes, that guy is absolutely, definitely dead. He is hanging with Jacob Marley right now. He is pushing up the azaleas. <laughs> he, is, he is dead as Six Direction. I don't know because we're stuck in Mahit's head. And so long as we're stuck in Mahit's head, we don't know what's going on yeah. outside. And Mahit, the last thing Mahit saw was him getting shot and him bleeding. And she and Three Seagrass were like, surely he could not have survived. But then that's it. But but we have not been explicitly stated that he's dead. <laughs> and so I maintain optimism that he might yet have survived. I also
1: maintain optimism. I liked him too much as a character to, I mean, to want him dead.
0: The last thing we know about the information ministry is that the sunlit swept in and probably secured the building. And then probably called for medical assistance for the injured, which would have included 12 Azalea. Yes. He was badly injured and lost a lot of blood. So it's possible in the ensuing couple days he's been in intensive care and unable to contact anybody to inform them of his miraculous survival. Mm -hmm. So he could, it is not outside the realm of plausibility that he has survived.
1: Oh no, I totally agree. And I have my fingers crossed.
0: It is also possible that he is dead as a doornail. Probably. Yeah. No, I
1: shouldn't say probably. Possibly.
0: So uh, again, he is once again Schrodinger's 12 Azalea Mm. and the waveform has yet to collapse. And I'm beginning to suspect will not collapse in this book.
1: Well, and another question unanswered is what about our alien threat?
0: Well yeah, well I mean that's obviously being set up for future books. Yeah. This was it's still out there. This was about the Imperial succession. This story is about the final days of six direction. Yes. The, ne- the, next, story, yeah, kinda, yeah. the next story is going to be about the reign of nineteen adds. Probably. And then maybe the book after that is the reign of eight antidote. Who knows? Well, Who can say? We don't know what the time span between the books is going to be either we really don't so um, this is also an appropriate moment to once again remind especially new readers that uh, as we move into the final chapter that will be the next episode the episode after we go full book club <laughs> on uh, a memory called Empire we'll look
1: at the we will look at the work as a whole and yeah. get all pretentious and snobby and literary about yeah. it
0: Anita will come up with some questions we'll debate some of the themes and characters and ideas in the book and then we will Announce what our next novel will be.
1: Yes. And, and in between, we'll have to go sh- book shopping and in, find
0: a next novel. Indeed. Uh, and as we do that, uh, as always, you can uh, check out some of the other podcasts on the Alberta Podcast Network. And um, while you're doing that, you might also think about uh, about some of our fine sponsors who uh, support us here on the <laughs> Alberta Podcast
1: Sponsorship Network. Sponsorship keeps us going. This episode is brought to you by Park Power, a provider of electricity and natural gas in Alberta that offers low rates, awesome service, and profit sharing with local charities. In Alberta, you get to choose who you buy your energy from. Park Power has low overhead, and chances are you'll save money if you switch. You can find out how much money you would save by visiting parkpower.ca and plugging your numbers into the Alberta Energy Savings Calculator. If you decide to switch, it's easy. Nothing changes about your service, only the price you pay. Learn more at parkpower.ca.
0: Yeah. You can also support the Alberta Podcast Network uh, in other ways. You can find some of those ways uh, by checking out albertapodcastnetwork.com. Yep. While you're there, uh, definitely check out some of our sibling podcasts.
1: Oh, there are lots of good ones out there. Yeah. And there are so many now. (laughs) Yeah. Like, the network just keeps growing and growing. We're always adding new shows to it. We, they, (laughs) the powers that be, are always adding new shows to it, and some of them are just fantastic.
0: Yeah. You can also check us out on the podcatcher of your choice where you might want to uh, give us a little rating and a review. That helps us out.
1: Yeah. Give us a little feedback so we know what we're doing good, what we're doing bad, uh, what we're doing.
0: One last uh, thank you to Arcady Martine for the little bump that
1: we got. <laughs> for the lovely shout-out and the little Twitter bump we got. It was yeah, very sweet. That
0: was. Um, and uh, if you want to give us a shout-out, uh, you can also do that on social media.
1: Yeah, we have a whole selection. Pick your favorites. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Goodreads.
0: Uh, We can also be reached via email.
1: We are thereadalong at gmail.com We are at thereadalong on most of the social medias.
0: Yeah, and uh, with that said, as always, we'll see you next time.
1: For the Aftermath.